Ho, ho, ho. I'm John Miglosh for the WDMA. Christmas is one day ahead this year, according to Aldi France. So let's play this. I really like it. Here we go. One day early. Also here, Christmas gifts were delivered the day Everybody's early. Everybody's coming way early. There's Santa. He's congratulating himself on When I was a kid, we often did open our presents on Christmas Eve, at least one time. My grandma used to make pajamas. So we would get our Christmas pajamas in Here goes Santa to Aldi. It's more crowded than our Aldi. Quite fancy. In fact, this is France. And, all, and Santa is kind of a French chef on this one. Looking good. Personally, I make my turkey upside down so that it gets with Aldi, a good Christmas Eve meal is for everyone, even for Santa Claus. Oops, sorry. Okay, and so there's Santa having a nice Christmas Eve at the North Pole with lots of fir trees, even though it's an ice cap. Etsy scraps CMO role as flat sales growth sees it cut by 11% of the staff. Not only that, but it's just it's consolidating the marketing function under its current COO, which is interesting. Now, I've always thought that made a lot of sense because if you're operations isn't working right if you're not shipping the merchandise and it's not getting there in time for christmas then you know are you really really making it happen no and it's going to impact your marketing what's interesting also is that the article goes on to say that um that in that in covid the sales pretty much doubled and now they're um yeah, decision okay. As sales remain flat, but down here it says the Etsy marketplace more than doubled its size during the size it was pre-pandemic. But the sales have remained essentially flat. You know, it's like you can't do enough. Now, I have to say, you know, I go on ESPN to find out when my favorite teams are playing. I don't much like ESPN. They won't let me exclude all of their politically correct articles and uh, and sports that I don't care about. Make perfect sense. Sometimes it's better to eliminate what you don't like, allow the consumer to make that choice, rather than just pay you know pay lip service to the ones they say they do like because they show me a lot of stuff I don't like. Anyway. So, but it's owned by Disney, so what can you expect? Anyway, so uh, there's been a persistent Etsy ad that was disturbing, let's just say. The pictures were, let's, were, look like erotic products or something. Uh, and I kept telling ESPN or Google Ad Network, I didn't want to see these ads, but it always came up over and over, and that's probably still coming up. I finally clicked on it just to see what they were, and they were, they were decor items that were just, they were just photographed in a way that made it made it look suggestive, which I, I don't appreciate. And I marked that down, but they would not stop showing it. So something's wrong with the Etsy ad buy, FYI. Um, and that's part of the problem with digital. But, you know, what's amazing is they reactivated 6 million previous customers, up 19% from the previous year, acquired 6 million new customers, and um, has 7 million sellers. 
I don't think I've ever gone on Etsy except for clicking on that dopey ad. Uh, so maybe it's time to try mail, right? Maybe that's how you should do it. Uh, more sticky. So uh, one more CEO disappears. Okay, from purists to tree crastinators, Christmas tree sellers know their targets. I really like this one. From Sarah Mahoney at Media Post. Um, the holiday tree buying habits are often ruled by fierce family traditions. Okay, and it turns out that they've segmented them. There's probably a Christmas Tree Sellers Association, I would guess. Does it say that? Uh, let's see. I don't see it, but maybe it's in there. Um, there's six distinct categories. There's a tiny segment, just 1%, who wait until the very last minute with the purchase of a tree, an integral part of their Christmas Eve routine. My parents always bought their Christmas tree or always put up the Christmas tree on Christmas Eve after we'd gone to bed. And uh, that's probably why I learned how to fix bad-looking Christmas trees with a drill, with a, <laughs> with a hand drill. You know, you just cut off a place where it's too full and you stick, to, you drill a hole into the trunk and you stick that branch into the trunk and it looks as good as new or better. Perfect Christmas tree every time. It's sort of a hybrid Christmas tree, somewhat artificially ma manufactured by my father. Okay, there's 14% preseason overachievers who scoop up their tree before Thanksgiving when most tree lots are just setting up shop. There's the Black Friday checklisters, 33% uh, get the tree during Thanksgiving weekend, making sure they'll have their pick. Another 33%. The first week of December, the mid-Decemberists, which is 16%. And then there's the tree crastinators. Who makes this stuff up? I think it's pretty funny. <laughs> or 3% waiting until the third week. Now, the question is, could marketing change any of that? Is that possible? I don't know. 85% of those who bought a real tree last year said they found their dream tree at the first place they stopped. Now, what's... Is that, you know, maybe it's because they're outdoor lots. It's cold. The kids are crying. The picking of the Christmas tree, it goes on to say, is one of the more interesting parts of the reason why people, real tree buyers, rank the scent as a key part of the charm, as well as the family experience of choosing a tree. Now, we did actually go and cut a few. A few years, we went out and stomped through the snow and and cut a Christmas tree. It shows you we don't have any snow right now, so that must have been it. Must have been colder back then. Uh, and so the scent is important, but it got so bad. And part of the reason was we used to put it in front of a window, kind of, so the neighbors could see it. And then you'd see that the trunk was all wavy, <laughs> which drove my wife crazy. So we finally bought a a fake tree. And we've had it probably 35 years or something like that. But it was mainly because we couldn't ever agree on which tree we should pick. And uh, and loading it on the car and all that was a big hassle. Um, the Christmas average Christmas tree is between $80 and $100. I think we paid $40 for our on-sale artificial tree, which actually does look really good. <laughs> it looks as good as – I try to I tried to replace it, but – they don't make them like they used to. That's what I would say. And once you fill it with ornaments and tinsel and all that, it, 
doesn't really matter. It's just a foil for your own creativity. Anyway, so I love the way they segmented their thing, but can they market to them? Probably not. Okay. They know their targets, but they don't have a way to do anything but wait in the cold until they show up. Okay, Elf on the Shelf, and it's a story from Retail Touchpoints about Nicole Silverstein, uh, about how Elf on the Shelf got started. It's a really nice article. And and they pointed out that it's hard to break into the Christmas uh, canon of, of enduring traditions. And um, it was something that was started by two, I think it was started by the mom. There's a mom and, and two sisters who run the company. There's a picture of the three of them. There you go. And uh, they've had smashing success. And they credit it with a couple of simple things. I, I We never had this tradition. I've never known anybody that had the tradition, except there's a friend on Facebook who every day is posting a new picture of, she calls him Theodore, uh, her elf, and putting put in different settings, and she does photography, and it seems a little odd to me, but I didn't understand what it was about, you know, and then there's the creepy side of Elf on the Shelf from Tom Fishburne, who wrote me a nice email yesterday, that was nice of you, Tom, and I hope he watches the, the, uh, the, the creepy Elf on the Shelf uh, show that I did last week, um, or early in the week, I think. I think it was Tuesday of this week. Okay, so um, they said that there's two simple rules. I'm trying to find the simple rules here. One was that it was um, that the elf went to the North Pole. You couldn't, wait, the elf can't talk to you. That was one rule. And the other is you can't touch the elf or it will lose its magic, okay? So every morning, the kids get up and try to find their elf, and it has to move. It could only move an inch, but it has to move to show that it went to the North Pole and reported in how the kids are behaving. I love that. <laughs> That's a real manipulative parent tool. Although parents sometimes complain that they have it's such a heavy responsibility to, re to remember to move the elf somewhere. Um, so... <laughs> They, they they said this was a real tradition that we actually did. They did a book. Here's a book. No, here's the Elf on the Shelf Christmas tradition. Yeah, I guess that's maybe that's the packaging. And maybe this is the book, I think. And this is the elf. Okay. And uh, so it's really simple. And it's about, you know, the how Santa spies on your kids to make them behave. It's very inexpensive. It doesn't have batteries. You can save it year after year. It's kids are taking them with them to college, but you know, by then they know the magic is is inflicted by the parents. It was just a really great. It was a really great article. They said, well, if you only have to buy them once, then wh why would I buy any more from you and as a company? And they said, well, people started writing to us, and uh, they would write to us and ask us, what, do elf, what does my elf eat? Um, how do they get back and forth to the North Pole? And so they're doing this whole cultural thing, and they also have a book now of tips, Elves at Play, Tools and Tips for Your Scout Elf. 
Here's a candy cane uh, wall climber and accessory items. This year, the accessories are a baking kit. Um, but each year they come out with a little thing so you can do your photo shoots uh, and have a little creativity. Apparently there are websites that just talk about the creative stuff you can do with your elf. So it's become quite a quite a cultural thing. And I was saying to myself, well, why isn't there a motion picture? You know, we haven't had a good motion picture since that little claymation Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. So... Yes, there is a motion picture in the works with Netflix, and the Food Network is going to be doing Elf on the Shelf Sweet Showdown. <laughs> so Merry Christmas! Don't forget to get over here to the uh, to the to the uh, Jingle and Mingle. Actually, if you find the post, I think there's one in the WDMA Facebook or uh, LinkedIn group. There's at WDMA, there's a button. Both of those will give you the Zoom link. You don't have to register. You just have to show up. We never know because the people who register don't show up all the time and the people who read, who don't register do show up. So it's wide open. I hope you bring some of your own eggnog. I'm going to bring my Santa hat. It looks like everything worked, which is a miracle, it seems like today. So have a great day. Repost and uh, enjoy. Bye-bye.